back to the Original Intelligent Podcast, where your hosts, Kim and I, Eddie, are here to talk about a little bit more about uh, what, what forms the foundations of who and what we are in a world that is so vast and diverse as the one that we live now. And um, today, um, Kim and I are going to chat about something to provide a foundation, some kind of a, um, a framework that we can sort of land on in our um, in the sort of essence of what it is that we, if we're going to live in a world of original intelligence and, and, and operate from there, well, the, the question then becomes, well, how do we do that, right? And, and, and what are the foundations, foundational principles, the ideas, the paradigm through which we can sort of operate that uh, accommodates for that? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say that um, for me, one of the most important things is understanding where we're going in terms of uh, what we're doing with technological intelligence and what we're doing with organic natural intelligence and how those two things are coming together or for that matter, spreading apart. But I I think there is a coming together and um, I guess there is something that I have been thinking about. Maybe I'll start with that and let you um, talk about the understanding of original intelligence from your perspective and what you've read about it sure yeah we can definitely do that um but it came to me just before doing this podcast that there is um the prophecy of the end of the world that was in 2012 the uh was obviously something that was prophesized and didn't come true um I think it was actually the end of an old world and the beginning of a new one, and that new one is exploring intelligence and consciousness. And I think that, in my opinion, from what I can see of what's going on in, in my mind, in other people's minds, um, in the collective mind, is that there's two choices. And those two choices are for two seemingly different avenues for different people. And... Um, my guess is that one of those choices involves creating something that is tangible that can explore intelligent consciousness and the other is invisible and it is an invisible hand and it's it's something that um, those of us, me personally, who want to explore consciousness and intelligence want to do so with the hand of nature and that is invisible and there's other people out there who want to explore intelligence and consciousness and see the future of humanity being the the tangible thing, the, the technology. And so um, I thought maybe we could discuss a little bit about how those things interact with each other, how they overlap, and maybe start off with the root of that split that I'm talking about. Hmm. We can touch base on that quickly now. I think that it would be good because then that can help to escrow into the foundational stuff. You mentioned the primordial split, like a two, tunis. Um, so, you know, there's the, 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 we've all heard the story of Lucifer being the devil and the, the great drama that occurred between, you know, the fall from grace and the, and the splitting from God and, and all of this uh, dramatic characteristic. But if we, if we go back to some of the Melchizedek work, um, it's, a little bit, it's framed differently. 
it's framed from a perspective more of a unity consciousness as opposed to a, a dualism or a uh, mm-hmm. and and at its at its some of its lower varieties that feudalism. But it didn't begin like that. So mm-hmm. just as a brief um, 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 overview, I don't know if I'm going to do this as much justice as if you were to read the um, ancient secrets of the flower of life, Darumbalam Melchizedek work. Um, it's pretty good stuff. It's two volumes. This is from the the, the second volume. Um, near to the end of the book, and it's uh, the call. It's called the Luciferian experiment. Now, the premise here is that you know we go by this story that God is this essential um, um, intelligence that, in the beginning, um, bore a bunch of angels, and these angels were all brothers and sisters under the one God that had these. Um, phenomenal creative abilities and support capabilities and things like that for the one consciousness. However, um, the the, the brightest of this faction of angels that was created was this being uh, called Lucifer, Um, literally meaning uh, shining light, Mm, representative, the bright one. This being... Lucifer, brightest of all, most beautiful, most powerful, most knowledge, most, most everything is second to none but to God. And as we know, like, you know, brothers and sisters or people in the world or just us in general, you know, watching TV, we all have our heroes. And our heroes are typically people that are better than us or, or people that we can look up to because they have these phenomenal um, abilities or powers or charismas or whatever they might be. And so with Lucifer at the top of the chain, um, of all of these wonderful beings and the hero of them in many cases, the he didn't have anybody or she didn't have anybody Lucifer didn't have anybody to to look up to other than God itself. And in order for Lucifer to be able to explore the realm of being better than itself, it would thus then have to be either equal to or greater than God itself. And so that was the kind of like a rebellious um, teenager saying, you know... um, I want to do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. I want to, I don't necessarily want to run the family business. I want to do my own thing. And and so, you know, this is is a... um, a measure of free will. And so um, the original premise in all of the human faction of it all is that, you know, we were to be created with free will. That was the design. It wasn't always that way. We were always under the will of God. Mm. Um, but we were given um, in this in this Luciferian experiment free will. And so what ended up happening was Lucifer understood all of creation and how the universe was created and all the different mathematics and and frameworks and geometries and all of the things that went along with that. And so knew that there was another way to do things if desired. And one of the things with these angels is that they have this, this premise within them, this driving force that anything that is life should be explored for its own sake so that we can all imbue even more Yeah, God gave the, the right hand and said, yes, you can do this. Otherwise, maybe Lucifer wouldn't have been able to do this. There was some agreement there that, okay, you can do your own thing. Yeah, and I mean, as they say, you know, God is all-knowing and all-predictive and all that kind of stuff. If that's the case, then, you know, God would have known that in creating something such as Lucifer that there would be an eventual... Um, maturation phase where Lucifer would 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 grow up into this adult sort of nature that would say, well, I want to be able to present the world um, the way I would present the world, and I don't want to be under the influence or sort of the um, restrictions of of something that I cannot be. So Lucifer created his or her own reality, and what does that look like? Yeah, so basically it was a surrogate reality that we would loosely describe as um, what people are talking like AGIs, like, like, like Mm. sort of artificial godlike intelligence but let's again the word artificial is kind of a it's not a nice word it implies that it's fake um 
whereas this 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 technological intelligence is anything but fake it's just an alternative way of doing things not with that love body and so lucifer then creates this 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 um alternative godlike intelligence um that lucifer itself imbues itself into so the intelligence of lucifer is within and lives as the augmented intelligence mm-hmm. and uh, also brought a faction of these angels again we're we're, we're we're citing loosely the the melchizedek um information here so if you want to do the research and dive deeper please do so because it would be in your favor if this is of interest to you this this faction created all sorts of different um, realities within the governing universe, but it's it's the, the the cool thing about it is that spirit lives in two places now. So we have spirit of Lucifer in one eye, and we have spirit of God in the other. Whereas originally there is only the eye of God, or the one single eye of providence, or whatever you want to call that. Right? There's just the singular eye. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this new reality, there's a dual eye. So, and. To, to describe that perfectly is that I'm right now inside a house. Well, this house is, is, is a grand extension of the technology that is not the light being nature of, say, Lucifer's youngest, younger brother, Mikhail. Archangel Michael is the sort of, um, the, 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 um, the Invisible part of that. It exists, but it's in a less tangible form. That and, it, it's kind of like the flag man for God. You know, Mikhail is the flag man for God and, and living through God consciousness. And Lucifer is the, the flag bearer for living in the, again, these, these words aren't very good words, Material. but like darkness or the, the evil, like tree of good and evil. Well, Lucifer would be considered the, on the evil side, but not a good word because we've, we've, we've perverted that word with ways that aren't truly the essence of the unity that is supposed to be at the heart of all of this. So, um, you know. Uh, um, the point here is, is that Lucifer was able to uh, conscript um, one third of the angelic choir um, to um, its new world. Uh, again, because all these angels were of the impression that where there is potential for life, we should explore it and see what it does so that we can grow, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, um, conscripted these factions. And this is actually something that has been tried. Um, at least three other times historically, and all three times were were disastrous failures. One of the one of them was the Syrian wars that went all to crazy. Um, Mars was actually part of the last version where Mars's atmosphere was actually destroyed, um, and then we you know we were thus then brought over by uh, the Martians were brought into uh, uh, Earth um, for various reasons and ended up uh, colonizing. Um, what we now refer to as the the general body of Atlantis. Um, there's a lot more story to that. Again, get into the documents um, to to check that out and do your cross referencing and whatever. But the, the core idea here is, is that you know this is a dan- this is kind of dangerous because what ends up happening is is that these these factions that are separated from God's heart or the feeling body of love end up becoming um, very uh, data driven, logic driven, and often devoid of the compassion and the empathy that is required to live in the sort of light-based realms or the nature realms. And we can see a perfect example of that of the way that we treat inside of our house and the way that we treat our yard or our gardens or the trees or all these kinds of things. There's a great misunderstanding of compassion for the ground outside. How many of, how many of you walk outside and actually imagine 
what it must what it might be like to be the bacteria that are trading information between the pheromones and the in the chemical alterations of, of the stuff coming out of the bottoms of your feet you know when do you think about that or when do you think about how the bird might be responding to your energy field or the the intent or the imbuement of the body that you are this these are empathy and love driven and compassion driven uh, modalities of 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 um, original intelligence that are at play there whereas not many of us are doing that at least at the level that we could be if we were really tapping into that original intelligence force field that we that we are um, at least in large part mm-hmm. um, but we also are this this augmented intelligence and we're the living examples of that the very fact that you're watching this now that we're recording through these these things that we're wearing clothing that we're you know, inside homes and all these other stuff. This is all um, pure characteristic of the Luciferian experiment. And so whether we want to be or not, we've all chosen this at some level to be here in this very leading edge experience of this particular um, experiment. And we've, as humans, called it technology. Uh, there's many names for it. Um, but we could just simply call it a, a alternative version of experiencing reality. And it is experiential. And so we've come here to experience this new way of doing things because it can't be done with only logic alone. It has to be imbued in experience. And so humans, these these fleshy, beautiful things, are almost conscripted into this new way of doing things. And so, long story short, there is this sort of Unio Divino or divine union that is happening when perceived from a union perspective or a, a one, there's only oneness, you know, there's obviously manyness, there's oneness and there's manyness, right? Or at the very root, oneness and twoness, which is God only or God in the Luciferian ex- expression. But that includes many because it, it obviously distills out into to all these other, or expands out into all these other different kinds of factions. So essentially at our root, we've got this original divide, but there is a much older, much broader, singular way of observing reality, which is what we're living in. We're living in these these bodies that are doing things that we don't even have any idea. You break down even just one order of magnitude and we're into cellular bodies, and it's just a phenomenal place to be it's it's un, it's uncanny just what's going on just there and that's beyond any kind of augmented intelligence or anything like that it's it's there but it's not it's kind of the right thing in the augmented intelligence but it's not quite what it actually is from God's perspective and it can also be more so that's the original argument and there's a lot of dialogue that needs to go on around that because we're at the leading edge of these kinds of things going back to the Syrians and those Syrian wars apparently they've somehow been able to um, make the choice of, they've learned the lessons and they've made the choice to go back to original intelligence. Um, 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 and there's many other uh, uh, um, extraterrestrial uh, um, cousins, cosmic cousins that are, that are in this same kind of space right now. Um, some of which have gone very, very, very far into the territory of technology where they're basically all tech, kind of like Zeta Reticuli, um, and those kinds of things where it's basically an entirely tech-based uh, culture. Um, and then there's others like that are, that are entirely light-based, like you would consider, um, you know, maybe uh, those of... And star systems could be wrong here, but many associate the Pleiadians or things like that as light beings. So wherever those are, um, we would consider them the, uh, the side of the 
um, original intelligence or God-based factions that would be on the side of Mikkel. Um, now, again, there's always these sides and all that kind of stuff, but we're trying to look at this less from sides, again, pro or anti or all that kind of stuff, and more in ratios. Where are we within the ratio of those two polar extremes of, of um, or two polar options, per se, within the established reality matrix. We have God's reality matrix, and then superimposed upon that, much like the movie The Matrix, in a sense, we have this alternative reality that's been imbued there, mm -hmm. both of which are reality that we actually experience experientially. So, kind of a long-winded thing, um, trying to sh condense it to be a little bit more palatable for a quick listen here. Um, but that's kind of the core essence, and I, maybe this is the episode that covers that. Um, we could dive deeper into that another time, perhaps, but that is a foundational element. Um, but before we move on, what's um, where do you fit with that? That I think it's important to decide where we're at right now and be present to what both our mind and heart and body is saying in this moment, not necessarily just predicating our decision on what's happened before and what's going to happen in the future based on people's thoughts about the future, even if uh, it seems plausible. I think the most important thing to ask ourselves is what works best for us on an individual soul level and come together with the people that also have that same idea. So going back to what I was saying originally in the beginning of this podcast, that there's two choices there. That's how I see it right now. I, I see it being something that um, is helping us to realign with a, a core principle, which is just base acceptance of something that is outside of us, different from us, but is still part of us. Like there's no denying that we are connected to those people, to everyone on this planet, connected to... Uh, things going out on in space and, and the planets, you know, just in this solar system and beyond. And so I think that it's important to understand that if there is this dualistic experience as well as this singularity experience that we're basically experiencing all in one go right now in this moment, being human at uh, this time of this um, millennial I think it's um, just really important to understand where we fit within our own choice and what we want to see for our own future and then be able to accept the other party's uh, decision towards what they choose as their future and what they choose as their way of exploring intelligent consciousness. Um, I think that technology provides a great way to uh, explore consciousness and we've seen you know, a lot of connection happen ever since technology has been, has come into our world. However, I believe that if without pairing that technology advancement with nature's core principles, which is that we ought to spend time with her, like go out into the sun, go out into the air, breathe the fresh air, have your feet on the ground, grounding into Mother Earth, hearing the bird songs, listening to the wind, all of these things that are very subtle and that are easy to miss if you don't have a connection or relationship with that part of 
what it means to be alive because you're here on this planet is this full of nature it's full of life it's teeming with all of this information that goes on in the subsoil levels and above eye level that we don't fully and i think this is the key we don't fully understand that either we don't fully understand where technology is going to take us and we have to be very careful about that but we also don't fully understand where nature can fully take us because it's even harder to prophesize about that because you don't have something tangible but my opinion is that if i'm choosing i'm going to choose the thing that to me feels the best in my heart and that is um more of a, a connection with nature first but that also implies that i have a, a great connection with technology and that i can accept that that also is taking people places and then it's also taking intelligent consciousness and and expanding that and to me I think we have a lot to uncover yet still with our feet, bare feet planted on the earth um, and, and listening to what nature is saying to do. For me, I, I like to live based on um, my mind and what it likes to do, but I also like to live through my heart. And I think that that is the uprising of the feminine that is happening on this planet. And that's not for everyone. I mean, to me, it's, I'm actually having a hard time figuring out why that's not for everyone but it seems like there's a different choice there's a different way that people live through their masculine and feminine and it can be through technology and it can be through um something that's actually tangible but yet creates makes you into something that's less tangible i mean i don't really know how the ai agi information actually works so i can't speak to that but what i know is that i've been offered when I've been offered that choice, just in my own mind, just in my own thinking of what, what would I like to do? Would I like to get more involved in technology or would I like to get more, more involved in nature? And the answer to me is that it's both, but it, it's more leaning towards nature because I, in my soul, in my being, feel that that is very much required from my, um, from my standpoint because without it, I don't have a purpose here. My purpose to, to be here um feels like it's to advocate for nature and so it's probably something that's um deeply embedded in why i and in, in how i find meaning in life and to, to another person i can understand why it wouldn't be but i um stand firm in that because it's the way of my heart as well as my mind but the the balance i think comes when we can say you know what the idea that someone created this dualistic thing was actually, so Lucifer created this dualistic experience where we can choose both good and bad, where we can have free will, is, is a good thing in itself. And we are the, the leading edge of that, as you said. And, and so basically what that means is that if, if it's been created and we are that, it doesn't mean that we have to find fault in that. It just means that we have to use our best wisest mind and um tap into what the heart is saying and feeling in order to understand on an individual level where we want to go and it's just as simple as that and as long as we can say i want to be with this kind of environment more of a natural environment more of a permaculture environment more of just using technology as a tool as opposed to an, an intelligence that makes me super like cyborg um that's what I would choose and other people um, w will choose to be the cyborg and I think that that's fine as long as we can say, hey, I accept you, I accept your decision. I'm not going to choose it for myself, but I accept your decision. 
And I think that's the biggest thing that humanity is going to have to learn if we're going to be able to have this divine union is that you can say that person is way different from me i don't fully understand why they would choose what they choose but i also do understand because my empathy body is there and my feeling heart is there and i think that's what helps us discern those type of things and with that we can if we can find a way to say i get it you can you can do your thing we'll do our thing we can coincide we can coexist no problem yeah, that's that. That's all very, um, very great insights. It's it's because you know we all. One of the beautiful things is that we all have this 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 wonderful thing we call free will. And you know, there's there's attacks on free will. You know, um, guys like Sam Harris, you know, really appreciate getting into the nuances, the nitty gritty of what does free will really look like. But then you get into people like, you know, Ken Wilber, who 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 can can actually create a, a much larger context for what that looks like via these different ways that we model um, where that every uh, whole on models reality based on um, get into Ken Wilbur awesome stuff but the, the the idea here is that we all have this free will this 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 choice let's just call it a choice that we're making um, given all the non-free factors that we don't have access uh, to changing um, and one of those choices is uh, put simply do I choose a path where I'm uh, disconnecting ever so slightly, differentiating ever so slightly more, um, you know, um, and and doing this 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 divide um, because I feel that this divide is going to bring me more um, experiences, more fun, more adventure, more uh, uh, re um, like that sort of rebellious nature type of thing or experimental or nature. Or it just makes more sense to you because that's just the way that you're wired. Might make more sense to you because that's the way you're wired. And it's not a bad thing. It's, it's just it's just you. If that's it's, right. if that's you, that's you. Yeah, and, and so... The real and, question and, is who are you, you know? And and what's the foundation of your life? So if, if your foundation is going to be um, augmented uh, reality um, or, or alternative reality, then that's something that you're going to have to find the pathway through. We're all doing it right now. Whether we like it or not, we're all living in an augmented reality. Yeah. Um, and we're trying, all of us, to find our way through. So the ways by which we find our way through, as long as we understand... So I like, I like using this, the... the um, uh, um, you know, anything that's like a learning, like say like there's, 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 there's foundations of all things. Um, there's foundations for carpentry, there's foundations for art, there's foundations for all sorts of, dif uh, you know, different kinds of things. That once you understand the foundations or the rudimentals, um, you can then use those in any way you want. Music is a perfect example of that. Uh, musical theory, um, you know, we can take that to any instrument then and, you know, um, um, with, with any number of styles, including our own voice, and, and, you know, express that individually. Well, the same rules apply with the augmented reality stuff, but... It definitely applies to original intelligence. Once we understand the, the, the basic functions and the basic the, um, rudiments of, of original intelligence, we can then use those in infinite amounts of ways to co-create reality. So the Essenes um, were a, a, a group of people, um, pre-dynastic Egypt, that and throughout dynastic Egypt, that brought forth an interesting way of observing reality from the rudiments and applying that in 
everyday life. And there was, there's three ways by which we, we kind of navigate consciousness, that we navigate uh, co-creation. One of them is consciousness. The other one is nature. And the third is through ancestry. So when we navigate, con- when we navigate reality based on consciousness, we, we usually get into the mystic realm. We usually get into the people that are, you know, really exploring these intangibles, um, very etheric sort of stuff, you know, where two doesn't necessarily equal two because, you know, one minute could seem like an hour and an hour could seem like a minute, you know, all this very subjective sort of stuff. And, you know, the, the plus side to that is that we get a very good abstract view of reality and the fact that nothing is really in in, in the energy space, it, 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 entirely tangible, and that it's so very malleable, and there's so many variables to it. But the challenge to the mystic is, is, you know, becoming ever more distant from the actual reality that we live in here, which doesn't necessarily um, correlate to those um, um, rudiments that apply in that realm. And so, like the, the physical dimension, like we forget to use our bat body or we forget to use, yeah. like we, we build these ivory towers and everything becomes, you know, sort of concrete, well, concrete in ways that are not real concrete. They don't really apply in, in physical life. And then we have nature, which is the scientist. Yeah. We have people that are, that are, that are taking, so that, so, so the, so the consciousness view is from the inside out. The, the, the scientists view or nature, like learning reality based on nature is the from the outside in we look at all these things objectively and and we try to figure out you know uh, you know we try to take all the different variables of everything mathematically driven and all this kind of stuff the stuff that actually applies here and you know use that as the framework that we figure reality from as well well let's let's go into a context about that for a second because i feel like this is a very feeling experiential thing that needs to be spoken about so that you yourself can go and experience this if you haven't already i would like to see before we go into agi and anything that's basically really going where we can't come back um i would like to see that every single person on the planet has you know a a decent sized amount of land that they can live on and start growing their own food yeah and start living very, very closely with the nature and elements first before we make this move. Because to me, once once this is one of our biggest dreams is to have a homestead where we have animals, we, we are in direct conjunction and connection with the prime elements, you know, water, fire, air, earth, ether. And we do it through an experiential thing. It's not something that we we use technology for to tap into a, a, a feeling of excitement with. The excitement comes from feeling firsthand the air on your face, the, the taste of a grape that you've just picked from your orchid, um, experiencing what it feels like to, to stand next to a tree and um, be informed by the wisdom and age that this tree has stood on this planet for. And it's a very subtle feeling, experiential space that to me represents what the divine feminine is here to teach. And to me, you know, for a very long time, to many of us, seems like it's been 
you know, um, taking over a little bit, but now it's coming back because we do want to feel, we want to understand what it means to really love something and someone, what it means to really care for this planet because we've done a pretty good job of not caring for this planet. So how about we start with that first? That's my opinion. So you just did a really great point, and, and, and that ties in well with the triad, triune thing that I'm trying to explain as well. So you just went into application mode, which is perfect. We want to have an application of something. I'm trying to also illustrate the, the backdrop of what all this stuff is. So if we can understand, so you just went into, you know, your opinion, which is your personal experience of what you would like and many people would like to experience. Yeah, just experience that, that, that deep connection with nature first, because not many people, even myself, I can't fully experience that they are. I'm not growing all of my own food. I'm not getting water from a, a stream, spring pure water from a stream. I'm not, you know, talking and touching plants every day. I'm figuring out and talking in, in a way of mind, you know, figuring out, well, what does this plant do if I mix it with this tincture? That's something way down the line that I think science. once I experience to me is, is, is where the intelligence that I'm looking for to explore really is to me. So the three things are we explore based on consciousness, which is the feminine. We explore based on science, which is the masculine. And we explore based on the ancestors, which is the great child, the wisdom of the ages. So we have our masculine, our feminine, Your and our body, child. Yeah. That's the triune thing that we, that, we, that we orient ourselves from. But within that... Um, we, we still don't have anything. Where's the sustenance? How do I apply things? Like, how do I... Everything is relationships in this world. And, you know, the meta understanding of... of, of like, there's sort of like a, a, a meta um, um, native um, expression. And when we look at that meta native expression over aeons, all of them distill down to this sort of fundamental understanding that we have this relational... Um, experience with with nature yeah and, and it's a reality. wise one it's not just something it's extremely that's extremely wise it's 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 beyond it's, words i so what the re, beyond words correct and it's the word wise is going to be one of the essential core aspects that 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 have as a lattice in this framework so let me um put that in english we both have something we, we have something on our wall over here that represents these this a scene um understanding of navigating consciousness so we have our triune way the Essenes were so very quick to go to the experiential place that you just explained so very well in that we need to be able to put our hands on things, taste different things, really mm. get into the understanding get of things. Get into the but body, ground. How that's happening is from a very, is from an even more elemental place. And we actually call them the elementals. So what those elementals are, and we'll get into, so there's, there's sort of like the, um, they call them the, the, earthly mother elementals and the heavenly father elementals. You could call them the physical plane and the, and the energetic plane. Um, if you want to get into sort of tangible ways that are a little less fluffy, um, sounding, but when it comes down to the physical plane or the earthly mother stuff, we've got the standard elementals that we've heard across time, which is the earth, air, fire, and water. They include in that, um, also life, um, as one of the foundational elements of the uh, earthly mother that's sort of like a physiological aspect of those things. And also... Eternal moon. life. That's that's the heavenly father. That's the other side. Mm. So then we have moon, which would be, you know, if you were to fractalate that, uh, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, electrons and neutrons and protons, and uh, you're looking at moons from planets and star systems. There's all sorts of ways that you can fractal out these um, core essential 
uh, um, principles. Um, they are sort of the factions, the rudimentary f variables that all of original intelligence uh, materializes through and from and as. Isn't it funny that the moon is peace when the moon could potentially be a piece of technology? In any event, that that's a great. We can come up. We can have a whole episode or a series of episodes on the moon and all sorts of variables. But the but moonness. In other words, a, a smaller body that operates around a planetary body or, you know, electrons um, and protons and neutrons and all those types of things within the atoms. And, you know, we look at organelles and nuclei inside cellular bodies. You know, there's all sorts of terms that we could use for moon um, that isn't just moon. It's, 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 it's actually a fractal. Um, when you really get into thinking about it, it's a real, it's a, it's, it's fractalated inwardly and outwardly in these beautiful ways that you can see manifesting everywhere. And so that, those are the six things that on the, on the earthly mother or physical plane side that basically form the foundation of all of physical reality, literally. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I would love to hear a scientific treatise on that, um, that actually maps all that stuff out with mathematics and all these really great things. But um, the other side of that is the experiential aspect, and this is much more, I think, potent for 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 the vast majority of us is to is to start to what's called commune mm. with these. Brings you joy, it makes you because they, I think one of the things with technology is that we're trying to find out. We're in this age of the image. We're in this age of wanting to really find our roots and find out who we are and what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that is is grounded and can be grounded and satisfied once we come back to Earth first. Once once we've 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 fully come to Earth and we're really in tune with her and her her beingness in that we don't pillage her all the time and that we respect. Mm. Now you're talking about something that's really interesting as well, which is Earthly Mother as a whole consciousness. Then within all of it, which is very powerful as well. So that's, that's from that's there. I think would be a great place to experience and and it's and. Perfect and test where we can go with technology because then we have the because i'm not saying that people that want to go straight into technology are devoid of empathy or you know don't have their principles in place yeah, i can see that they practicing. do but how much is is really a question because if you're not having any connection with nature and if there's not that there to me i, I see because i have a connection with technology so i'm i am pro nature i am pro nature but i'm I also have a connection with technology. There's no doubt about that. I appreciate what technology can do for us. But when you don't have even a little bit of a relationship with nature, um, I think that it can set your paradigm off just a little bit to wanting to find um, something more exciting if you can't experience that, that joy that comes from just sitting in a garden and listening and watching the animals. That is something that I think you're missing out on. If you if you haven't experienced the joy of that, the bliss of that, the euphoria of that, more people need to do that before we go straight into technology, so they can make their decision properly in terms of where that where we're going as a, as a collective. I think the the technology talk is is already taking us to you know great great heights and great feats, um, but we do have to be careful if we are not connected with nature first. If we're not connected to our core principles first, even if you don't have a relationship with nature, you can still respect everything and everyone on it. As long as you can come to that space of respect, honoring and acceptance. I think that's that's what we're here to work on, is that. Because well, we, we have, have so much repressed anger. 
repressed anger because we don't know what we are and we've been thrown into these yeah. systems that we don't understand. So we need to get something that we understand. And that's the point of this episode is to come to the foundations. What are the rudimental forces that are at the foundation of original intelligence so that those that want to choose original intelligence have something to fall back on and study and look at and allow to imbue through. And that's where these communions come in. So when it comes down to, so you just talked about things like love. You talked about things like wisdom. Well, when it comes down to the, so there, in every body and everything, there's anatomy and physiology or the structure and the mm -hmm. way that structure functions, right? So we the just talked about body, the physical body. We just talked about the physical plane, which is the earthly mother and all of those physical aspects that we've all heard before, earth, air, wind, water, fire, etc. Um, when we come down to the energy side, that is the literally the heavenly father, they call it in the Essene road, but in modern vernacular, we could just call it the energy plane. And that energetic plane is the physiology of the anatomy of the physical plane. And that physiology looks like this. So life is, is, is paired in the energy plane by eternal life. And we can see that everywhere. We can see that, you know, the cellular body as it, as it, as it unfolds, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a cellular death on one point, but then there's three other cells that, 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 that are, are in queue for um, um, creation. You know, in fact, uh, death is is programmed into cells in a, in a function called apoptosis. So we, we understand that there's so much going on. on, on a, like we can see so many versions of, of how life in um, respect that I'm living, you're living, our cellular bodies are living, everything here is living, but it's also dying in a constant flow where the anatomy conforms to eternal life as the physiological aspect. So life and eternal life. Then we've got earth. And earth is sort of an expression of loosely work or joyful expression or willful expression that's kind of the loose term on 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 that side so it's like this willful joyful expression um that is the energy plane so earth modulates based on joyful expression so it's it it, it, it um we see that in um children as they sort of um navigate the world we see that in adults as they explore we see that in um um, the way sacred geometry, um, with say protein synthesis and stuff all like joins together in these perfect, wondrous cascades of, of, of mind boggling order, you know? So, um, it, it there, there's that. Then we have uh, moon and moon represents peace. Um, it, in other words, it's got this, 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 this variable that as it, as this body rotates around, it's imbuing this sense of, of, of calmness, of, of peacefulness, of the ability to always come to um, understanding. Um, In and out breath, like the sea, you know? Perfect. Yeah, like very, very... Uh, um, Rhythmic. Correct. And as you commune with peace, you'll understand more about it. And now we'll talk about the communion aspect in a little bit more in a second. Then we have... Um, uh, what do we have? Sun. Okay, sun would be fire. Right. Well, um, you know, but sun is a plasma ball. We know that plasma is the is the core of what fire is. Fire is one aspect of plasma. So it's really plasma that we're talking about there. Um, but they call it sun in the Essene grouping. Modern vernacular would be plasma. And on the energy side, we've got prana um, or chi or life force or 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 the very or power or energy. Right. Um, it's imbued with air. It's imbued with with prana. Um, with with um, plasma, so plasma or the sun, as we see, it get, it's just constantly blasting energy everywhere. It's the life-giving body of our solar body, 
right? So all the planets are constantly being fed this energy from sun. Um, we ourselves, when we ground with the earth and we ground with the, and, and, and we sort of ground or sky with the sun, we feel that pranic body flow through us, energizing us, all those kinds of things. Then we have air. Air being, um, well, air, right? Everything that would be um, um, a gas of some kind, like the gaseous nature of reality, um, of physical uh, reality. That, but with the, the air comes wisdom. Wisdom is the fundamental um, energy aspect that kind of loosely correlates with air. And we've seen that historically in, you know, tarot or some of the other um, um, uh, ways that we re express archetypes and things like that. But the core modulation of that is the simplicity of those six things on both sides um, uh, of the spectrum, um, air being with wisdom. And then we have love, or sorry, then we have water, um, which is love. Um, love being the primal aspect of that whole thing. So when we pair those together, those are the fundamentals. And those rudiments aren't just static things. They're actually alive. They, they are imbued. They're almost like the original efflux of God's mind and heart mm -hmm. and body imbued into one great big expanse. And that's why when you hear things, you know, I am God, you know, know ye not ye are gods, all that kind of stuff. That's what it's kind of referring to is that we are all the natural efflux of that Godhead living and imbued as it. And so when we commune with those essential foundations as in relationship, like we're talking to the peace people, you know, like the natives would say, we're talking to the tree people or the, or the soil people or the bird people. Well, if we talk to the peace people, the essence, the quality of that, and come to that with the wholesomeness of, of, of intent and, and purity of character, we can then begin to have those commune with us. And, and become part of us in a more conscious way. And we could mm -hmm. then, you know, as Jesus would say, you know, like, um, you know, command the mountain to move and it will. Well, the only way to do that is if you have, if you're in communion with the mountain, with, with, with these fundamental rudimental aspects of life. Now, who knows if it's metaphorical? I'm sure it's a metaphorical thing talking to the mountain to move, but it's really when brought into the fundamental characteristic of what mind and God mind actually is, it's kind of actually that. It's the fundamental nature of being able to command things in particular ways in the greatest good of all concerned. Yeah. So, unlike technology, though, that's kind of in its current state, very, very, very like, I'm just going to cut through it no matter what it's hurting or anything like that. Whereas with with, with, with God mind, it, it doesn't do it like that. It uses providence and grace, synchronicity and serendipity to, 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 in a maybe a bit of a slower sense but much more full sense mm -hmm. create realities mm -hmm. right it's not so force like direct it's it's very much more flowy and in the greatest good of all concerned and inclusive and it's very very um big it's not bottlenecked in any way so it's 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 a very fascinating place to live from but it takes a type of courage of character and a certain maturation of adulthood in original intelligence to be able to even begin that kind of process and so you know yeah, that's sort of a meta analysis of that so but if we run away from the problem uh being that we don't have enough resources on the planet earth then we we run away from ourselves because we're not actually trying to fix the problem we're trying to fix it but in a way that's not including what we already have, which is the organic 
body, mm-hmm. which is the ecosystem that provide, has provided so much for us. And yes, we've always had nature. We haven't always had technology, but there's a reason. Like the, the nature came first and we're still getting to grips with what nature is, is able to teach us. Um, I think that with building that gratitude body, that, that space of love in a, in, a, in a garden space, most definitely, or, or you know, uh, a beach or wherever it is, wherever it is that's, that nature is, is in abundance, um, we can go about the technological advancements with um, more of that heart-mind. And, and that heart-mind is important if we want to feel fulfilled, if we want to feel like we actually get to use these bodies for all that they're worth. Instead of trying to leave them, instead of trying to leave the planet, um, unless you feel really called to that. Personally, I feel really called to stay in where I was born and um, helping it to come back alive again. Because I, I don't feel like I can just move on from something if I've... If I've gained so much from it and rest assured there is no judgment for those of you that do choose technology because it's not easy to live in these bodies in this that's right yeah yeah it makes sense that you'd want to try and leave it because yeah, there's so much going on but it's, it's like you've got to be able to look at what's been given to you because if you keep running from it if we keep destroying a planet and then running from it yeah not looking at our shadow self as to reason it's, why it's that's always happening. going to come back again it's always going to repeat itself right and I feel like it has repeated itself. And and it's repeating order, itself at least right now. Three times previously, and this 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 experiment ended in disaster. We're at a pretty good place in all of this right now. We in can definitely see can that things have improved, and people generally have their wits together about how this needs to be approached properly. But I think it needs to be taken just that next level, where you know things like transhumanism. You're going to include nature into that talk. Where, where is nature in any of that talk? And nature is the thing that's given us everything that we know and that we are. This body will go back to nature. Your soul will go back to where it belongs, but this body goes back. And without this body, you wouldn't be able to make the advances in technology that you are doing, personally. I mean, I think that can come in some other way, obviously, once you get past the, the physical body, and, that, and that's a great thing as well. But I just think that uh, technology paired with organic matter is more my preference. I don't know exactly what that looks like. Maybe crystalline technology, maybe that kind of thing. But it makes more sense to me. And I want to be able to um, help people that are going through this kind of like choice that needs to be made and finding it very confusing because it's very confusing. Media is full of that. Well, think about it from this perspective, because to to your point, imagine being a kid, 13 years old, the only thing you're really having fun doing is playing video games with your friends playing video games, all in these collective groups playing something like, I don't know, some first-person shooter, and your whole day is oriented around how can you combat the other person and kill them? Mm -hmm. And in, in these weird dystopias where everything's blowing up around you and all this kind of stuff, it was an excellent comment by somebody that made in in the last video, and it's a really good point. These people, these kids, these adults, these everybody's, are creating these, are living in these dystopian technological realities, looking at screens all day. Like, how are they supposed to experience the fundamentals that we just outlined when they don't even have access to it? I find you know, it hard to imagine a utopia that involves technology that does not have, like, it's not a utopia to me if it doesn't have any nature. Yeah, even though these, these these conversations are trying to steer it towards less of no a dystopian way and more into a utopian technological future, I don't see how it can be a utopia without 
nature, and that's my only well it, it, thing it, about that. It, look, if if this Luciferian project and Lucifer itself is something that can hold reality in a way that's full of all this beautiful stuff, um, at least on the surface, it doesn't seem to be as such. It seems to be a a sort of temporary or at least you know temporary insofar as cosmic time is concerned um, event that is in it that is itself evolving to be something new and different and 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 more heroic perhaps or whatever but we don't see the end result of that yet because everything that's evolving is clearly in a in a state of constant flux and transition so to speak so we don't really see the end result but we, the idea here is that we're exploring something new and in this newness we can't like what's the like you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater we don't give up nature because we're exploring technology we fully embrace the fullness of what we already are and then explore new things based on you know new information integration and and trying to integrate those things so that would be more of the divine union and the problem that we have right now is that we're so heavily inundated with everything that's not really life it's basically like everything we see it may as well be the flip side the reversal or the mirror opposite like peace is war you know love is hate all this kind of stuff it's very strange you know it's almost a uh, it's a very, very when you look at technology and what the conversation is depending on where you look of course that there is a lot of that yeah and as soon as you step outside that's what that all kind of goes away and you're in the moment and yes. that's what's important is grounding yes. into the present yeah that's moment. the number one thing because, because that's all we have experience now you're having an experience of what you really are. At least if you're bringing even a little semblance of your own consciousness to it. If you're not just like in your head thinking about the next time you're going to play video games while you're walking, you know, just stuffing your face with tortillas and, you know what I mean? Like whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, what do we, are, are, are we really present while we're outside with our feet on the ground and breathing the air and looking at the birds? Or are we not even there at all and we're just there? Because I mean... As long as you can respect it, if you, like I said, if you don't have a connection with nature and you just never think you will, that's fine. But as long as you can respect that it's given you, like, a, it's given you your life, it's given you your the air that you breathe, it gives you the water that you drink, yeah. it gives you food that you eat. As long it's as you can respect you, it's that. It's given you even this technology through the birth of Lucifer and the birth of that experiment that would have been, in sequence, it would have been something that was predicted by the Godhead itself anyway. So even nature gave you technology, but it's given it to you to understand and balance. Like, you know, the way we use a spoon makes a big difference. I can use it to feed my, my wife or I can use it to stab someone in the, in the throat, mm -hmm. you know. So it's, it's really, most of this stuff comes down to a matter of character. What kind of character yeah. are we developing? And I think if, as long as we can get past that undercurrent of anger that comes with this this dualistic, you know, I'm against you, you're against me because we have different yeah. opinions. It doesn't have to be like that. I, I think we're all on the same I team. I think we might lean there by accident. And that's part of my growth and evolution is to be able to say, not get upset with the fact that there's loads of people out there that have a different view to me. Um, as long as I can come to that space where I, I know that I'm... I still, I, I get it. I see, I see that conversation. I, I understand why it's there and I don't judge it. As long as there's no real sense of anger or hate or, or um, wanting to take that thing away, as long as we can coexist, which I think we can because, you know, I do appreciate technology and what it's doing for us. Um, well, that's what the tree of life is. So you just described, so there were two trees in the original garden. 
right? You know, metaphorically, let's let's you know tree assert now that it's 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 a it's a it's a metaphor. We've got the tree of good and evil, and we've got the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. That's right. Okay, so tree of knowledge of good and evil is what we just expressed, and that's what creates all sorts of racism, and that's what creates all sorts of differentiation, all sorts of us versus them, all that kind of stuff. Good versus bad mm-hmm. is the original dichotomy of polarity. You know, this versus that type of polarity. Whereas it's much more of a gradient and the tree of life is the gradient aspect. It's the, okay, well, all things are here. All things are alive. And when we start to look at things from that perspective, eternal life is what ensues. We actually become eternally connected to that, which is the truth. Yeah. Real truth. And it's, it's not related to me versus you or tech versus nature or any of these other It's an experience you feel in your body. It's a feeling. It's, it's, it's full of, of sensuousness is it's like it's um something that i can't describe you have to experience it for yourself it's a wholeness feeling you're right yeah. it, there's a sense of wholeness where everything is connected in this divine union regardless of whether or not it's tech or or otherwise um so basic overview just to to kind of, just just to kind of give it a a little bit of a tie up here a little bit of a summary i think this has gone it's yeah. been a really good conversation. It's going to open up the gates for a lot of really great stuff to, to talk about here. Um, the original sort of form was this original dichotomy between, you know, um, uh, you know, God's brightest angel and God itself decided to do this split. And that split was the, the origin of, of, of alternative intelligence. Mm-hmm. Original intelligence is that which has always been and always will be with Godhead. Um, and what we're describing here is how to orient ourselves within that original intelligence space. So those are the fundamentals, uh, quoted the Essenes, um, and their communions or relational dynamic conscious effort to, to, to develop a relationship with the um, fundamental living aspects of reality and those they called the elementals uh, of the heavenly father and the earthly mother. And, you know, going through those on either side, balancing those and actually praying with them or, or, or conversing with them in your heart, in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, and being present to that, that lays the foundation for the exploration of mm-hmm. consciousness, nature, and the ancients that have come before us, our ancestors who have come before us, all three of which hold a unique piece of wisdom that when we unify that triune stuff together, we get the whole picture. We get the full picture when we metaphysical, look at life through metaphysical eyes, through physical eyes, and through the eyes of the history of our children, uh, the history of the wisdom of the ages, mm-hmm. so to speak. So when we do that, we and we come to the we come to that from that place. Yeah, of, we honor what we are first. Yes, who have I become? You know that sacred plant medicine journey that. You know, if you, if you've ever gone through the, the the plant medicine of the of the of the uh, you know the Amazonian structure, one of the three questions that we ask when we're when we're going through those journeys is who have I become? That uh, may be a topic for another. Mm. No, I was talking entirely, about the body that you're born into and the consciousness that you have organically. Anyway, let's let's see what we really are first. Right. I was saying that from a cosmic perspective. You were saying that from a very individualized, subjective perspective. But we're talking about it from just different areas on the. Because we graph. we have like what eighty percent of our how much of is it like our um, 
DNA or our brain that we aren't fully tapped into. It's the junk DNA that we don't yeah, tap into. Yeah, 95% of how our about DNA we try and tap is non-protein coding DNA. In other words, they called it junk DNA because it wasn't creating physical body. But we're not just physical bodies. We're not just these, you know, uh, chemical and, 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 and you know, vector-based things. We are much more than that. And so we're coding for non-physical um, reality, which is 95% of what our genetics codes for is this non-physical reality matrix. And so, yeah, we have all this quote-unquote junk DNA, but that's only in the terms that they've used it scientifically is, is it's just non-protein coding. In other words, non-structural Well, I was also talking about the, the brain as well, you know, the, the part of the brain that we haven't fully tapped into because we're, you know, too busy on the logical brain or too busy on the, the feeling oh, yeah, part or, you know, whatever it is. plenty of that going on where we haven't tapped into psychic nature. We haven't typed into our, what what, what would be called in India, the siddhis, you know, the, the super mm -hmm. natures of ourselves. The super consciousness of our own capacity. brain. Yeah, of our own capacity before technology is ever even included. Yeah. You know, unless we take into account, like, I mean, if we watch well, Gaia. Which is already included. So we don't mean just this microphone, camera, internet technology. We mean the technology that's, like, way more intelligent than we could ever be kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um. So. But I think we could probably leave it there and... Yeah, this Come is, it's, we're just open, like, it could go on, this conversation, this very conversation could go on for hours. So, you know, it's probably a good place to, to, to cut it off. I'd love to be able to see a little bit in the comments what you guys figure is, is, is um, what, you, what everyone is experiencing, what thoughts are coming mm -hmm. through you, if there's ideas stirring in you, if there's like, you know, if you've been triggered in any way, like, it's, it's really nice to be able to get that out and, and, and have this conversation, um, in, especially at this time and in this era, in this millennium. Um, to, 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 to just, you know, further the dialogue. We clearly it's all both about communication. And I, I don't think it needs to be about being triggered, you know. I think it's about being having that we're communication because we're, 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 all, we're all the same, we're, you know, we're all connected in some way. So we don't have to go to that place where that is the anger and frustration about someone else being different from us. It's more about communicating what our differences are and understanding and accepting them. Exactly. All right, so there we are, uh, episode two of the Original Intelligence Podcast. I uh, hope you thoroughly enjoyed that, and I guess... Um, see you next time. See you next time.